Welcome back to another edition of the Crowd Assist Podcast, brought to you by Picasso's Pizza. As always, I'm Maniac, joined by Topher. We have a very special guest this week. It's JTM in the building. Jeremy Turner Montgomery, how are you doing today, sir? Doing good, doing good, man. We had a victory Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Can't be any better. Oh, yeah. Victory holiday. Can't beat it. You might know JTM from his work on the Cold Front Report, as well as Why So Serious podcast over there with Stevie Johnson and co. But he's dominating in more ways than one. Just like this Bills team dominated the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. It was basically a holiday in itself. We were all with a lot. Most of us were with family members, friends and everything. Stopped to watch the game and it took on a life of its own. Whether it was Josh Allen on the QB sneak, the trick play to John Brown or the awesome play of Ed Oliver, Star, everybody. Everybody took care of business last week. And there were so many takeaways, whether it was the Bills becoming America's team, all kinds of things, Josh Allen coming on the national map. Now that we've had a couple days to digest it, Jeremy, what was your biggest takeaway from all the takeaways? Um, honestly, I, I thought my biggest takeaway was just the aggression of the defense, um, the executing. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we were looking at this team like, what happened to the defense? You know, everybody was running the ball down our throat, but it seemed like they turned up the aggression, not just executing, just the aggression as a whole. So that, that was honestly my biggest takeaway from that game. I completely agree. I mean, everyone's talking about, obviously, Allen and how he stepped up on the huge stage, but that D-line, if they can become as disruptive consistently as they were that game, I mean, you saw Ed Oliver, like, that strip sack of Dak was just ridiculous. He was at, like, a man that size to be pushed at, like, a 90-degree angle and keep moving his feet to get around the O-lineman. Um, I, I forget what lineman it was. I don't know if he's, the, you know, the former Pro Bowler or one of them or not. But, man, yeah, that was a ridiculous play. And even Trent Murphy was making, you know, making plays wearing his cowboy hat walking into the stadium. It was just awesome. Finally seeing the Bills, like, on a big stage, not just – not just – not only lose but just not get completely just dismantled like they usually do in the past that was just awesome it was no doubt a change of pace on the national scene i mean yeah throughout growing up we've only known really getting crushed on prime time i was looking at the bills i think it was buffalo wins that posted it like the last 20 years of prime time games we only had one blowout win 38 to 3 and over the jets and i couldn't remember it and it was because it was the snow game that they played in detroit so it was kind of lost oh, like a little the lost Tuesday game that one. Yeah, uh, like uh, the Scott right? Chandler yeah. snow shoveling game. But uh, yeah, no, it was great to see. I think my biggest takeaway is that this Bills team, honestly, might not be like teams of the past where they fold kind of in the limelight or when the going gets tough, they go away. It's exactly like you guys have said. <clears throat> the defense seemed to hit a rough patch in the middle of the season, but the last couple of weeks, they've definitely rebounded. <clears throat> With both the teams, uh, the Cowboys and Bills, they both started 3-0. and I think if you told any NFL fan outside those fan bases that the team that won that game was 9-3 and and the loser fell to 6-6, six and six, they would definitely think it was the Cowboys and Bills respectively, not the other way around. I mean, do you guys see this changing? Like, was this really as much of a game that changes the national perspective as it felt like? 
Yeah, you know what? For me, I, I think it does change the national perspective. Um, you know, most people and most experts and analysts, if you want to call them that, you always hear same old Buffalo. How many times do we always hear same old Buffalo over and over and over again? And this was a chance where, I mean, not only was this a nationally televised game, it was on Thanksgiving, but it was the highest rated Thanksgiving Day game in over 20 years. So, I mean, they, and they didn't just go in there and win by a field goal or cap it close. They went there and dominated this team who had actually the number one offense in the NFL at the time. So, I mean, if that doesn't speak volumes, you can't change perception, then you're just being stubborn at that point. Yeah, I mean, last week I said, you know, oh, it doesn't matter what the national media thinks. I don't really care what they think of this team. And I completely, after that game happened, I just completely have the opposite take on that. I'm just... I, I don't think I wiped the smile off my face until like two days ago. I think I was sleeping with a smile on my face and it was mainly because of all the good things just being said about the team from historical Bill's haters, you know, like Colin Cowards even tweeting like America meet Josh Allen. Like it's just the team being introduced to them on the way, the way it all went down to just as dominating as it was, you know, it wasn't like fluky, no flukes or anything. It was just three phases of the game, just on all cylinders. And yeah, Maniac, you mentioned it. I mean, I think you tell people both teams are three and no, which one's going to be nine and three after this game. I mean, everyone in America is saying the Cowboys, you know, the Bills classic in the hunt at six and six and the Cowboys running away with that division. But at the same time, it's kind of the curse of these two divisions because NFC East is historically like they've had teams win that division at eight and eight, nine and seven which it looks like that's probably going to happen again this year. Although uh, the Eagles kind of blew it this week. They blew their chance to gain some serious ground. But yeah, I mean, and the Bills, the AFC East has low key. Everyone always says that the Patriots just have a trash division and that's why they've been successful. But the AFC East has low key always had a a good chunk of the year as a wildcard team. And that's kind of trending uh, this way, obviously, again with the Bills. So, yeah. No doubt about that. I think if you look at the rest of the league's record against the Patriots during this time, it kind of counters that argument that the AFC is the trash division. I mean, basically the Patriots have dominated everybody for the past two decades, but hopefully that's coming to an end. And, you know, we never want to get ahead of ourselves as fans, especially Buffalo fans. We know that things can go sideways in an instant, but you can't help but notice, especially during this past game against the Cowboys, There are a lot of new faces making major impacts on the team. I mean, we've known it. We've seen it all year from John Brown and Cole Beasley, Dawson Knox, even Singletary. But especially lately with a guy like Ed Oliver. I mean, you know, he kind of fell off, you know, with the impact that Jordan Phillips was making, everything like that. But now we're finally seeing Eddie O come into his own, which is typical. It takes uh, defensive tackles a little while from based on historical stats. But based on what we've seen so far from these players, and again, we're talking about getting ahead of ourselves, so I don't want to see any haters saying we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're acknowledging we are getting ahead of ourselves here. Jeremy, what player do you think out of all these new faces would be the most crucial if the Bills were to go on a playoff run, win a couple games, maybe make that AFC title game? You know what? This may come as a surprise, but my biggest X factor is going to be left guard quitting Spain. Oh, wow. Let me tell you why. If you go look at Devin Singletary's numbers and any of the running backs' numbers, I can you really check NFL next gen stats for these numbers and where they where they're running the ball. A lot of their runs are right behind Quentin Spain. Um, he doesn't talk much, he doesn't do much, but he he's garbage, he grabs his garbage pail, he comes to work. And that interior line is something that we really have to fix. And I think 
it was a close for me. It was really close between Feliciano too with with him. But I had to go with Quentin Spain. I mean, this dude's a one year deal. He's he's ready to get paid, man. He's he's balling out. Really is. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy, how how about the job that Brandon Bean did just putting together this line completely 180 from last year and you see that how how much they love just guarding Allen too. They're tweeting about it. They're getting all fired up after his big plays. It's just awesome. Yeah, no doubt about it. Topher, who do you think is going to make an impact, if they can, for a stretch run for the Bills? Uh, I'm going to go with one of the obvious choices. Um, I'm going to go with Cole Beasley. I mean, you just see a a solid, reliable slot receiver like that, just how valuable it can be. You know, I'm thinking of the obvious ones with New England, with Edelman and Amendola, and even Hogan. You can throw in there the impact they've made uh, in the playoffs when uh, New England gets there. I mean... You saw what he was doing last week. Some of the routes that he can run, just his footwork to get open. And he's even, I don't know if you guys saw, he even like, when he got to uh, training camp this year, he, the the touchdown he scored this week was a play from his SMU days. And he pitched at the table like in July. And he's like, oh yeah, we'll use that at some point. And then it came out this week and funny enough, went for seven. But yeah, I'm going to go with Cole Beasley. I think that guy, um, Although an obvious choice, I think he could also be an X-factor down the stretch. I hate to fall like piggyback on you know one of your picks, but Cole Beasley has got to be my guy here for next season for a number of reasons. <clears throat> one, I think Ed Oliver has been dependable, and I think that his trajectory has been just upward from basically this time he started getting reps. So I think that he's going to continue to improve and get better, and I think that's pretty dependable. John Brown, I mean, I don't know if there's been a more dependable wide receiver target in the NFL this year. I think he was averaging like 80 yards a game or something, but it never had more than like 130 yards in a game as of a couple weeks ago. So he's just been very standard and dependable. Same with Knox. I mean, you know, he's almost going to demolish someone every game. But Cole Beasley, let me tell you, I feel like it's exactly like you said, Jeremy, at the start of the show. It was like a couple weeks ago when the defense lost the striker. I feel like we forgot how open Cole Beasley gets. I mean, this guy, when you're talking about next-gen stats, at the time of target, his average separation ranks top 10 in the league. So basically, plain and simple, this is a guy who's getting open on a majority of his routes, and it's someone who can make a huge impact, obviously, as we saw in that Cowboys game down the stretch. Yeah. Boys, it's Ravens week. We're not looking ahead any further than the opponent. It's about going 1-0. and but before we get into the game, we got to talk a little bit about this ticket situation. Because obviously the big news this past couple of days was the Bills and Steelers getting flexed to Sunday Night Football. So a lot of Bills fans are looking at making that couple-hour trip uh, to the Steel City to see if we can pick up a W there. But when you compare the two situations, the Steelers secondary market, the cheapest ticket even a couple days ago was at least $100 to get in. You look now at New Era Stadium. You've got the 9-3 and three Bills, the 10-2 and two Ravens arguably, not arguably, the two hottest teams in the AFC right now. And you can get in for basically face value. I mean, what's happening here, guys? Is this a lack of emotion? Is it the weather? I mean, what's leading our amazing fan base to having so many tickets end up on the secondary market? For me, it has to be the it has to be the threat the fear of the weather, man. It, it has to be. It can't be anything else. I mean, They've traveled, these fans have traveled to Miami, Dallas, Tennessee, and both New York games and pretty much taken over the crowd. So yeah. it, it has it has to be the weather. It, it can't it's be anything be. else. <laughs> I, I can't think of anything. I, I, I'm just going to outrageous ideas like, oh, SantaCon is Saturday. 
people. <laughs> but it, that's just outrageous to focus on SantaCon on Chippewa on a Saturday afternoon over that Bills game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you just listed a bunch of games that a lot of people have been traveling to. I think maybe people are getting a little fatigued. If they're not season ticket holders, they they maybe, you know, push this one aside. I don't know, Maniac. The, the This market for an NFL team is just wild sometimes in, in many different ways. No doubt. It's like when they don't have any hope, the home opener is going for 150 a pop minimum. Now they're the yeah. best team they've ever been in two decades, and you can get a ticket for about just a little bit more than two Sabres games. I don't know. It's a little crazy, even even to this maniac. But I'll tell you what's crazy, and that's not focusing on number eight, Lamar Jackson. That is the guy we got to stop this coming weekend. It starts and ends with him. Is the Bills' run defense going to be exposed in this spot? I mean, is it, Jeremy, it all goes back to that point you made at the beginning. The defense, losing its luster in the middle of the year. This was the exact situation where people were like, oh, when Lamar Jackson comes to town, we're just going to get crushed. Well, have they recovered enough to where we don't have to worry about that? Do we still have to be on alert? What do you think is going to happen uh, with Lamar and the game plan this Sunday? Oh, geez. Where do I begin with Lamar Jackson, man? That guy, <laughs> that guy give people fits. Like I said, it, it's it's been, I mean... As scary it is to see, see him on Buffalo's field Sunday, I mean, it's been fun to watch him and what he's been doing this year. But as far as the defense goes, if you really go by the numbers, and um, we, we we pulled the numbers of McDermott's defense with Buffalo against running quarterbacks, and it's like 11 games. They haven't won all of them. But they've played Mariota twice. they played Tannehill multiple times. They've played, um, trying to think, uh, a couple more. But at the day, this defense is most comfortable against a scrambling quarterback than they are a pocket passer. And numbers show it. And they've actually been pretty successful. And another one was Deshaun Watson last year. Yep. So the numbers show that they've been a lot better towards quarterbacks who are geared to scramble more than being pure pocket passers. So I think this is right in their comfort zone. Yeah, I mean, another point, uh, I completely agree. I think we definitely have a chance and definitely can – Maybe not shut him down, but, you know, maybe only let him make one or two ankle-breaking highlight reel plays and then just kind of contain him and not let him just punch it in for seven every drive. But we have a secondary that's fast, that can tackle well. I mean, I think the Chargers used it as their blueprint last year against him in the playoffs where they just had, you know, so many – they had multiple DBs on the field more than, you know, usual. A lot of nickel, you know. Bro Jackson told me today, where were you for the Siren Neal game? Because that's what we're going to see this weekend. Um, But obviously the concern with that is with having the secondary on the field is then they just punch it in with Ingram and he he has a big game. So it's definitely a unique offense. They like using a lot of tight ends. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I know that the coaches are working diligently and the players are. And like I said, just hope that we don't see, uh, any ankles broken and highlight reels made out of us. It really shows how amazing of a player Lamar Jackson's been so far. Cause I mean, neither of you guys said that we could really stop him. And I agree. It's kind of just about containing him. And Topher, you've talked with confidence all year about basically every opposing quarterback, the bills have faced, but with this one, you just don't know. It just speaks to how hot Lamar is coming into this game. Uh, yeah. He's had a delicious season so far. And speaking of deliciousness, Picasso's Pizza. It's the best pizza in Western New York. For the best deals on the best pizza in Western New York, go to picassospizza.net. Rolling on, guys, here with the key to the game. Obviously, the Ravens running game is going to be a big factor, but 
one little storyline that might be going under the radar, especially after the Beasley game last week, John Brown revenge game. I mean, are we going to see over 100 yards from him this week? You know, they have Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, and uh, Jimmy Smith yeah. on the other side, you know, yeah. it, including Earl Thomas in second. I don't know if he gets 100 yards. And as far as a revenge game, I mean, he only played there one year, and that year is with Joe Flacco. So sure. I I don't see I don't see him actually like seeking revenge or anything like that. Um, he came back to Buffalo because I think initially he felt last year this is where he should have signed in the first place. So he's just happy to get up out of Baltimore because you didn't know what Lamar was going to be either. Um, no, I, I don't I don't even see LeJohn Brown. John Brown seems like too nice of a guy to even have revenge in his mind, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and I think if he's got that chip on his shoulder, that's something that it's not going to be any extra going into this week. I think it's – with the team in general, I think, even when they play their their former teams maybe or someone who maybe cast them away, I think it's it's just a season-long kind of motivator uh, for these guys. They've, they've called themselves the island, the island of Misfit Toys, so I don't think that's going to be anything extra this week. Um, and, yeah, Jeremy, as you listed, they got some ridiculous cornerbacks on the other side. Um, the good news is a guy like Peters sometimes is prone to try to make that big pick six play, and that's cost him in the past. So maybe a couple of big plays out of John Brown because of that. But yeah, like I said, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's going to be putting up massive numbers this week, but he can still be productive. Hey, and we alluded to it before, obviously. Ed Oliver been progressing, been getting better week by week. He's a guy who's actually had experience stopping Lamar Jackson. In 2018, uh, or no, sorry, 2017, Houston played Louisville. Houston sacked Lamar Jackson 11 times. Eddie O got two oh. of those. So this is a guy who knows how to have success against them. Wow. wow. Didn't know that. I love those. Oh, yeah. When they, they dig up those college matchups. Like, I don't know if you guys saw the Houston uh, Patriots game. They had Gilmore against uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Like I could no. not have told you that they they had matchups against each other in college. So yeah, it's pretty. Oh cool yeah, last uh, last night they had uh, Kirk Cousins versus Russell Wilson, uh, Wisconsin versus Michigan State. It was yeah. awesome, for sure. It's awesome when you see these superstars facing off in multiple levels. So that's again what we'll see uh, this Sunday when Eddie O and Lamar Jackson face off. Well, we'll go away from the game for a second here because we're going to talk about rooting interests now. As a Bills fan. You've grown used over to the last 20 years for figuring out what teams need to do what for it to work out in the Bills' favor. However, typically, that's for improving our wild card standing, for getting out of the hunt and into the actual picture. Folks, let me tell you something. It's week 14, and this is not a misquote. The Bills can clinch the playoffs this week. Before we get into the scenarios, how ridiculous is that coming, given the expectations coming into this year, boys? Uh, for oh, me, yeah. uh, what is week? Was week fourteen? Week thirteen? Week fourteen. Uh, week fourteen. Listen, I if you'd have told me this back in June or July or even August before camp, the Bills could clinch a playoff spot by week fourteen. I'd be like, yeah, you're crazy. Or how bad are the records in the league? Not saying that this team could be a playoff team, but I had them pegged to the eight and eight, nine and seven. Um, at best, maybe 10 and six, but to have nine wins out of your first 12 contests, I mean, this is literally insane I, to, to yeah. me. I've, I've haven't experienced this since Jim Kelly days. Yep. Yeah. I keep staring at that nine to three record every time I see it on the screen. And it's just like, it's just a surreal like thing. <laughs> it's just numbers, but it's, and you know that they, they have that record, but it's like, Oh, I never truly never thought I would see 
that record next to that Bills logo in my lifetime. So, yeah, it's absolutely absurd. Um, and we're like, dare we, if we, hey, all right, you know what? You said we don't, we're not going to look ahead, but I'm going to say it anyway. We pull out a win this week. Dare we start looking at the division scenarios instead of wild card like we've done in the past? Well, that's how ridiculous the whole situation is. Oh, yeah. We don't even really have to look ahead to play out that scenario. Bills beat the Ravens. Chiefs beat the Patriots. Bills win out. Bills are your AFC East champions and have a bye. Insane. How ridiculous is that? Oh, no. Insane. How ridiculous is that scenario? (laughs) Here we go. Like, it doesn't take, like, 40 things to happen. Bills just have to win. Patriots have to lose one game against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Duh. All right. Now, great. Now the idea is in my head, Maniac. First week into January, don't have to worry about the stress of a playoff game. Nice wild card buy. Oh my gosh, a buy would be great. Just enjoying some UB basketball while we wait yep. to see what happens in the wild card yep. weekend. Focusing on injury reports for two weeks. Yeah. I would love it. Well, I'll tell you what. Again, we're looking at these situations because a couple of things have to happen for the Bills to clinch the playoff spot this week. Um, They obviously have to take care of business against the Ravens, Lamar Jackson and co. Then they're going to need an Oakland loss or tie, an Indy loss or tie, and a Houston loss. So looking around real quick, um, we got Houston hosting the Broncos. So unless Drew Locke follows up on his awesome performance from last week, Texans will probably win that game. Titans go into the black hole to face the Raiders. So the Titans have been hot. They're favored in that game. Um, so that could definitely happen. And then you got the Indy loss or tie. Where do they even play this week? I would assume so since I'm here. Yes, they're at Tampa Bay and they're mine. They're a two and a half point underdog. So easily a couple of those things can happen and the bills could clinch a playoff spot in week 14. I don't care how optimistic you were about the team. No one was predicting that in June, July, and I wasn't even predicting that in October. So it's just an amazing thing to see as a fan. Last but not least, before we get into predictions for the big game Sunday, we will be at Hammerlot, obviously, as always, getting all the details. So we got to give a quick shout out to our boy, Joe Kroom. He is doing the ketchup ceremony, ketchup mustard. It's a high honor. I know that, uh, Jeremy, your boys over at Why So Serious got to do it, and it's part of uh, this awesome season we got going. It's just awesome. All these traditions, whether it's hammer lot or all the other lots and their own specific things everything is great except for grass lot which is terrible (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no definitely shout out to joe crew man like i said i've known joe for a couple years now and i mean you want to talk about a guy who who gets that gets out there and grinds and gets it joe's one of those guys i mean if anybody deserves it it's definitely him i mean not only does he deserve that joe deserves to be on the nfl sideline he's that good um so hopefully that that can be 2020, 2021 type of deal. Um, but yeah, no, we, we were able to do the um the catch up spray. It, it was awesome. I mean, I was scared that I was gonna fall off the top of that bus, but <laughs> it was it, it was definitely an honor. And I mean, just shout out to Bills Mafia for actually keeping these traditions going because you don't see this in other fan bases. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks like that takes some like serious athletic ability to keep the balance with your feet, steady hands, you know, aim. It's like you're you're shooting at something, you're hunting. And then it's yeah. kind of weird for your depth perception because everybody's packed all up against that van and then they tell everybody to back like, like 20 feet up. So you go from having these like points of reference to kind of nothing. It's definitely a crazy scene on the top there. And we'll be looking to see our, our boy Joe Kroom there Sunday. Speaking of Sunday, Bills, Ravens, Picasso's Pizza. Jeremy, 
What do you think we're going to see when it's all said and done this Sunday at New Era Field? Honestly, I think you're going to see that the Bills are going to be um, 10 and 3 following this game. Oh. And I, and I, I, I do. I think you're going to see the Bills be 10 and 3. And I also think you're going to see national media start legitimately giving Josh Allen some real respect. And not that this is a fluky season or something like Because it's not a fluke. The kids in the second year, how is this a fluke? I don't even understand that. But I think this team's going to start getting respect after this game. And I think they're going to be 10 and 3 because they're in their comfort zone and they're at home. I love it. I love it. You know what? You know what, Maniac? You know me. I'm always very, you know, level national. Uh-oh. <laughs> I completely agree. I think the Bills are going to be 10 and 3 after this game. I think I I know I'm talking like this is like like the Ravens are a college football team right now, but they're coming off the emotional win. Everyone's chalking them up as, you know, the Super Bowl favorite right now. Lamar's obviously the MVP favorite. They're coming off that emotional last minute win. Game game winning field goal as time expired. Coming into a hostile territory, like Jeremy said. I mean, is this gonna be I mean, this stadium's gonna I wanna see my the camera on my TV just like shaking at every third down play. Oh man. So I'm gonna go ooh, let's see, I'm gonna go twenty twenty-eight to twenty-six bills. Okay. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know how I am. I mean, these predictions all year, we've been predicting the Bills. We didn't, I think we didn't predict them against the Patriots, but I mean, it's been tough because they've been good this year. We've kind of had our Homer side, fan side, getting the best of us with picks. So don't know if we've really had a good assessment on these picks, but we did both pick them to win last week, Topher, and we both did, or no, actually, we both, we no. both picked Cole Beasley to have a touchdown. I picked them yeah, to win, I you picked them to lose narrow yeah. game. But it's just like you said, they're coming off a huge emotional game at home. Terrible weather, played it down to the end. The Bills are coming off extra rest, workmanlike victory, coming back home. And again, it's just like the Cowboys game. Who outside of Buffalo thinks that the Bills have a shot in this game? Nobody. Seven-point underdogs again. Nobody has faith in the Bills. Give me the Bills 26-18 and let me tell you something, it's not even that close. The Bills will be oh. up double digits in the fourth quarter. Bills Mafia will be able to enjoy this one. We'll be 10-3, and three, and we will be scoreboard watching New England, Kansas City in the best way. Maniac, let's give them 34. 34-17. Okay. <laughs> okay. Look, I mean, look, I, look, I, look. I, I was giving credit to that Ravens defense you were telling nah. me about. Josh Allen, na- national national stage again. He's ready for 34-17. Let's bank it. Love it. Bank it. And speaking of banking, money in the bank, JTM, thank you very much for joining us on the Crowd Assist Podcast, sir. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. You guys are great. Love the show. Love what you guys are doing. Um, Just let's go, Bills. Shout outs to uh, my guys at the Washington Series Podcast, Cold Front Report, Dan Gabino, Cold Socks. Hey, man, let's get this W, let's get this playoff spot, and let's take this division next. Love it. Toe, for any shout-outs? I'm going to shout out the Shoops, the entire Shoop family, because as of during this podcast, there's developments. I may be traveling down to Pittsburgh for Sunday Night Football. So, and, and I went, I, so that would be two out of three weekends with Degenerate Allen, Pennsylvania, for better or for worse. <laughs> Press, you know, Press Kyle's got the best of me last weekend, but we're going to head back Most down. Most definitely. The, I would definitely. Head back down the 90. 
I would definitely up your life insurance before taking a second trip with the Shoops. Um, with that said, I got to give a shout out. It's a little too direct, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. Brian DeBull, okay? People were down on this Dable, Dable, Dable. Whatever you say, Dable, I say Dable. People were so down on this guy in the middle of the year, and especially after that Cleveland game. I mean, people were just saying this guy doesn't get it. He has no fluidity to his offense. Does he need to be on the sidelines? No. He realizes that up in the booth, they're clearly a little bit of a more efficient operation. And you've seen in these last three weeks, they've been able to go hurry up. Josh has been more aggressive. They've been more aggressive with the play calling. And it's been coming up for them in spades. So shout out BD for making adjustments and improving throughout the year. Folks, thank you very much for joining us. As always on the Crowd Assist Podcast. Make sure, again, to follow our guest, Jeremy T. Montgomery, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. He's with the Why So Serious podcast and Cold Road Report. He's doing it on all fronts. Shout out to Topher. Shout out to Joe Kroom. And shout out to these Bills, who we hope take care of business and go to 10-3 and 3 this Sunday at New Era Field. Folks, as you know, it's always three little words. Let's go Bills. Folks, we are not done quite yet. Back by popular demand and courtesy of Picasso's Pizza, we have Nick in Tampa. Nick, how you doing tonight? Oh, Maniac, I am doing great. What a time to be a Bills fan. All Bills fans across America are rejoicing and walking tall. I'm out here in Tampa. Not going to lie, I know it's cold as fuck in Buffalo right now, but uh, I kind of wish... Wish I was there. I wish I could feel the pulse of the city. Could you could you describe it to me? What's it feeling like there? Are we nervous? Are we pumped? What is it like? Well, Nick, it sounds like you would gladly trade 70 degrees in downtown Disney for 30 degrees on Allen Street. And I can't blame you for that because obviously, you know, the city is pumped. We haven't seen this excitement since before 1999. So you know that we are partying like it's 1999. But, you know, at the same time, We've also been conditioned. We're, we're so ready for things to go wrong that, you know, we're constantly reassessing and kind of, you know, rechecking our position overall. But it's hard with the long weekend not to have felt good about that Dallas win, obviously. So we oh have a lot of gosh. momentum rolling in there. Amen. Amen. I couldn't. That, that, that Dallas game, it's great that they call them America's team yet. Nobody was rooting for them. Everybody in America was definitely rooting for the Buffalo Bills. But, um, hey, moving on to Sunday, want to talk about this Ravens games coming up. You know, I think our best chance is running one-on-one on the sides, stack the box. You know, most of, most of his highlights, they tend to be him running the ball. So let's make him be a quarterback. Make Jackson throw the ball around. And, you know, regardless of what happens, don't forget that the Bills will be in good shape. This is probably the best team in the NFL right now. So just enjoy it. We might not be ready for this moment just yet, but we might get another taste of it, get beat up a little bit, learn from it. I hate to say it. I'm saying 24-16 Ravens, but we learn from it, make the playoffs. Let's go, Buffalo. (laughs) 